0: Welcome to SportsBeatKC, KC, the Kansas City Star's daily sports podcast. It is Friday, March 12th, 2021, and I'm Blair Kirchhoff. I don't usually include the year during the introduction, but I thought it appropriate this time because it was exactly one year ago today, March 12th, 2020, that we taped multiple sports Beat KC podcasts because the news was changing that fast. You remember that day? Who doesn't? Well, that was the day the uh, Big 12 Tournament said it was not going to continue with fans. They were going to go on without, with, in an empty arena. And then they announced the tournament was canceled. And then the NCAA Tournament was canceled. And then all the sports shut down. This was on March 12, 2020. A year later, we're not taping a new Sports Beat KC podcast. You'll hear the show was recorded on Thursday evening and Friday morning with Jesse Newell breaking down the bizarre week at Kansas with the ousting of football coach Les Miles and athletic director Jeff Long and how KU plans to react to that. And after a break, you'll hear from Kansas State basketball coach Bruce Weber The Wildcats' season ended with a spirited loss to second-ranked Baylor in the Big 12 Tournament quarterfinals on Thursday. But on Friday afternoon, more news broke that we thought needed to be at least voiced for the record. Kansas announced it was pulling out of the Big 12 Tournament because of a positive COVID-19 test within the program. No player or team personnel member was identified. We know that Kansas had played the first game in Kansas City, its first game in KC, that is uh, the quarterfinal against Oklahoma, without David McCormick and Tristan Enaruna. They were out of the tournament due to COVID-19 protocols, and Bill Self said he was planning on having both of them back in time for the NCAA tournament next week. So Kansas will not meet Texas in the Big 12 semifinals. There will only be one semifinal game played tonight, Baylor against Oklahoma State, with Texas advancing directly into the championship game. As for Kansas, Self said the team's planning on remaining in Kansas City until departing for the NCAA tournament in Indianapolis next week. So we know the Jayhawks intention of carrying on. The timing would work. There needs to be seven days of negative testing from a player before he's cleared to return to action. KU isn't the only program to run into this issue. It wasn't even the first one on Friday. Virginia pulled out of its ACC tournament semifinal game with Georgia Tech for the same reason. And earlier in the week, Duke withdrew from the ACC tournament with a positive test and then took itself out of the NCAA tournament. So that's where things stand at the moment, which is about uh, 3 o'clock on Friday. We're recording a new introduction, and who knows? More can change in the next few moments, as was the case a year ago today. Anyway, let's get started with the show as it was recorded with when this latest news broke. With Jesse Newell discussing the week that was in Kansas, followed by Bruce Weber in Kansas State. Jesse, we started the week uh, of Sports Beat KC podcast with you as a solo act, um, talking uh, about the the prospect of Les Miles being fired. It happened, but that's not all that happened this week because. If that were all that was happening this week, we wouldn't be ending the week with you as a solo act on this podcast, but so much has happened at Kansas this week. You know when the Big 12 basketball tournament, postseason basketball, is the secondary story for Kansas athletics, then bigger news is happening, and that certainly did happen on a Thursday with the resignation of Jeff Long as athletic director a day after the, uh, the announcement of Les Miles stepping down as football coach. So... Uh, I guess what I want to ask you is, do you think that the uh, the Jeff Long Zoom press conference played a role in his decision to, or the decision that was made for him to to step down? Uh, and if so, how much?
1: Yeah, and just to to make make it totally clear it was wednesday Everything's running Thanks. together blair so we're all we're all zoned out here so it was wednesday when jeff long stepped down which was a day after les miles and thank you you mutually parted ways on tuesday but just so for the people out there to to make sure we have all our days straight it's, it's tough to do at this point but you know I, I think it did you know obviously it was not a good performance from jeff long obviously it was a tough thing to walk into. And he knew it from the very beginning from his first words. You could tell that Jeff Long was nervous in this press conference and knew that he was going to get tough questions that he wasn't really comfortable with what he was standing on, that he had to sort of defend himself with the less miles higher and and how much he had vetted it. So it was an uncomfortable situation to begin with, but then obviously a lot of those answers were not good. It's tough to know because it, it sure sounds like Blair, a lot of these things, when they do happen, they take place behind the scenes, you know, Chancellor Douglas Gerard is getting calls from big-time donors, people coming to him and basically saying, hey, a change needs to be made, this is why, this is why they don't trust in him, those sorts of things. So I think that ball was probably already spinning. That, that, That wheel was already maybe rolling down the hill quite a bit. And then you add on the fact that that press conference obviously Again, tough situation, but didn't put anybody else in Jeff Long's corner. You know, it was probably a factor that played into it as well, even though it probably at that point might have been too difficult to stop. But, you know, our Sam Langer has wrote a couple great columns on this. I encourage people to go check them out, you know, getting on the inside with people at KU Athletics. And Sam started one of his columns off really well, I think just succinctly said it. And then it's interesting because I actually said the same thing on radio before he wrote this, uh, you know, earlier this week, which is, Jeff Long sort of ran out of friends. He ran out of allies. Um, And when you get in this difficult situation, you really need somebody to stand up for you and say, hey, you know, this might not have worked out, but give him another chance. He'll be better in the future. Or this is the reason to stick with this guy. And in the end, he sort of was left with not many people in his corner based off what he's done the last two and a half years at Kansas. And that in the end, I think led to his demise. A lot of questionable decisions added up to this Les Miles one. And then when push came to shove, nobody was in his corner. And, And that's a difficult spot to be in.
0: Okay, to further confuse the, uh, the, the timeline here, we're, we are recording this on Thursday. I think that's what I was thinking. We're play- it'll be played on Friday. We're recording it on Thursday, just actually less than an hour after Kansas defeated Oklahoma in the, um, in the quarterfinals of, of the Big 12 tournament. Ochai Baji, by the way, really good game for, for the Jayhawks. And we will absolutely link to Sam's columns and your coverage of, of the, uh, the soap opera that's been Kansas Athletics. Uh, this week in the show notes. And so please, uh, if you haven't read those, please do. So when when Les Miles, uh, when it was determined he was no longer the football coach, my, my thinking was, okay, then uh, the big decision now is, do you trust Jeff Long to make the next hire? And you know, obviously, uh, Les Miles proved unsuccessful. And as Sam Mellinger asked the questions during the press conference, he went back to the you know, the Arkansas hires of Bobby Petrino and Brett Bielema that were ultimately not successful at Arkansas. I think that put Jeff Long on the defensive and got him backpedaling, and I don't think he was ready for that question. But but that's what it came down to for me. Uh, after the Les Miles uh, call, um, does Kansas trust Jeff Long to, uh, to make the hire? I guess we got the answer, didn't we?
1: Yeah. And, you know, a lot of things sort of added up to all that as well, but you're right. And, and you know, Sam wrote about this the day before as well, that in a certain way, Jeff Long was trying to kind of phrase this as a less Miles problem for K football. And obviously they were buddies going back, but basically saying, hey, he, you know, Jeff Long did his due diligence. Les Miles is gone now. Let him pick the next football coach and, and move forward. When, when Sam obviously framed it in a different way, which was like, hey, this guy didn't hire the right guy. And obviously, there's been other things behind the scenes that have not gone well as well. And listen, we've chronicled a lot of this uh, going through the time. It, it was such an interesting hire because you knew, Blair, you knew this. When he was hired, Jeff Long, in August of 2018, KU basically knew he was going to need a new football coach. And one of the biggest things that Jeff Long was brought in to do was hire a new football coach because of his past BCS ties. He had been a, you know, a division one big time program athletic director at other places. He had ties to football coaches, football programs, all those sorts of things. When the, when the hire actually happened though, all these kind of weird things took place. You know what I mean? Like um, Jeff Long admitted to like basically taking part in making fake flight plans, you know, when he flew to Colorado Springs He made him for Baton Rouge to kind of try to throw, I guess, us us reporters off. Later that night, he tweeted out a a Google photo from the L.A. skyline and said, beautiful sunset in L.A. again, just kind of doing some goofy things. And then, you know, we find out in these depositions that, um, you know, KU had hired for its Miles to Go documentary. It wasn't named Miles to Go at the time, but they hired a film crew. And that film crew went down to Les Miles' house before he was offered the Kansas job to shoot footage of him. So, I listen, all of this is not bad in and of itself. But what it's saying to me is this Jeff Long, and he admitted this in, in earlier quotes, he was taking full responsibility for this hire. You know, there was no search committee. He was sort of doing goofy things during this process, and he made the call on Jeff on Les Miles. Okay. So, if it goes right, you get all the credit. Great job, Jeff Long. You brought in Les Miles. Maybe a lot of fans didn't think it was possible. But if it goes wrong, like it went wrong for Kansas then you have to shoulder the blame. And that's something that you didn't see in that press conference either. Again, um, Jeff Long was on the defensive. He talked a lot about, hey, how he uh, tried to vet Les, talked to Les, asked him if there's anything embarrassing, and Les didn't answer the question or said no, all those things. But at some point, when you're going to act like that in the hiring process and hired Les Miles two weeks later, and then through our depositions, we find out 15 months later, Jeff Long couldn't name correctly one of the three people he had had in-person interviews with besides Les Miles. So again, this was this doesn't appear to be a very serious search that uh, that Jeff Long put on. If you're going to do that and you make the hire, it's all on you. And so, listen, I'm giving the benefit of the doubt here. Maybe Jeff Long didn't know about the LSU stuff. Maybe it would have been difficult to find out. Maybe a search firm couldn't have figured it out. Maybe a background check couldn't figure it out. All those sorts of things. But the bottom line is, by doing all those goofy things early, he took full responsibility for the hire. So, if it worked out, everybody was going to praise Jeff Long. When it didn't work out, uh, like you said, it put a lot of doubt in people's minds whether he should be the person to to go on the next coaching search or not.
0: Yeah, you know, as I mentioned, uh, Kansas just finished playing uh, its its first uh, Big 12 tournament basketball game. I was over at T-Mobile Center and I talked to some Kansas folks over there. Th- they are saying people who who live in Lawrence, uh, some who work for for KU, and I, I almost got a sense of relief that uh, it, it's over. At least uh, th- this this part of it is over now. There's not relief that the football program is suddenly, you know, good or uh, but but I think there's a feeling at Kansas that there's an opportunity to to pick successors. You know, athletic director and football coach who, um, how should we say, uh, maybe have some kind of Kansas background or Kansas interest at heart and something that that Kansas hasn't really um you know, considered strongly in its previous hires of athletic directors and football coaches, you know, in the end, it really doesn't matter. Just if you got the right guy, you get the right guy. But I, I think there's a sense at Kansas now that there should be a Kansas person in at least the athletic director's job. So it's a long-winded way of, of me asking you, Jesse, how do you think the, the the time frame goes here? New athletic director, then football coach is the obvious um, order of business. But uh, how quickly do you think the AD
1: search will go? Yeah, Douglas Draw, the chancellor in his release, said he wanted a new AD within the next couple weeks. And, you know, that's a pretty aggressive timeline. I guess the advantage he has is they looked for athletic directors two and a half years ago. So you probably have some guys on speed dial already. And some of these are guys that you would know about and and probably had been researching already, you know, potentially even, you know, this particular, before this particular moment came. And You know, the ones of me that come to mind, uh, Terry Mahajer, who's at Central Florida, uh, you know, a guy with KU ties from the area, all those sorts of things. Banks Floodman, a former KU linebacker. Uh, you know, he's worked at the program before as well. Uh, you know, Danny Manning obviously threw his name in the hat. So I, I'm sure that KU at least has spoken to him to at least gauge interest in, in that particular thing. So um, those are just some cans off the top top of my head. But you know, I, I agree with you, Blair, in the fact of I don't necessarily think the football hire has to be have KU ties. I think there you just you get the best person Kay's made so many lousy hires here in the last 11 years that, that they just got to do something different. They got to, they got to find the right answer here and it doesn't have to win the press conference. It doesn't have to do all these weird things. It just has to be a, a person who is um, <laughs> who is ready to go in there and work with everything he has to, to win football games. But I do think with the athletic director that having Kansas ties is actually a benefit at this point. You know, a lot of times the coaching hires, they go opposite, you know, go mean coach, nice coach. mean, I do think, you know, right now, Jeff Long, his disconnect from Kansas and the donors and the program and the people and the alienating of those people. And especially when it's a pandemic and obviously KU has some major donors that will pony up the money, but you need sort of a voice that you believe in, somebody you trust. And I think that's what's kind of broken right now. KU donors and KU athletics right now needs a voice there that can be trusted. And so I do think that looking at somebody that is a familiar face with KU ties understands what happens with KU in particular, is someone that uh, that KU potentially will be looking at. So again, two to three weeks is an aggressive timeline, but it sounds like that's what Douglas Gerard wants. Potentially, that's because he probably has a few people outlined and can make these things happen pretty quickly. Um, but after that, KU really has two options. You know, that's step one. The two options then would be to keep your interim coaching entire 2021 20, season, see how they do, and then potentially hire a coach after the year, which might be the best play. That's probably the play I would make just because um, with KU naming an interim football coach in Emmett Jones, that's the popular choice. The players like him. Most likely you're going to keep your players for this season. And also it's going to be very difficult at this moment in time to grab a coach who is going through spring ball with his own program and have him basically abandon all those players at this point in time. I mean, I'm sure somebody would do it, but it's kind of a tough ask. Plus, then you have a staff in place right now. Do you fire that staff? Do you keep half of them? Do they do the other half get fired after the year? So I actually think the best play for Kansas, if you're starting with Emmett Jones, I'd probably bring the AD in and then have it sit year. And then you kind of have the 2018 scenario with Jeff Long, where he can evaluate the program, evaluate the interim. And then if things don't work out or KU doesn't win many games and you can move on and hire your own coach at the end of the year, the other option would be have that, that search for him ready to go and, and try to hire somebody here relatively quickly to get him in the program and, and go from there. So um, again, step one impacts step two, because the AD obviously steps I'm calling this, but you know, if I'm Kansas, I would take a hard, look at leaving Emma Jones as the coach for 2021 and trying to keep those players in the program and not mortgage everything you gained the last two years with recruiting, see how it goes, evaluate the program, let your AD settle in and then have him make a tough decision.
0: That, uh, that process is how I think it, uh, it will and should go that, that you mentioned that, uh, that the interim coach should oversee the program. I think it brings just roster stability and, yes. uh, and 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 I think that's important. Tell us a little bit about Emmett Jones, his background.
1: Well, so, so it's it's interesting for Kansas because um, he's he's kind of an, a stud on the uh, uh, from from a lot of different angles. Uh, from as an assistant, doesn't have much head coaching experience. Only at the high school level in Texas, has some Dallas ties. But he was an assistant coach for Cliff Kingsbury at Texas Tech, then came to Kansas. This is going to be his third season. But I mean, he's been great in, in the roles that he's had. Like, he is a stud recruiter. He helped them bring in Quay Davis, who's a receiver from Dallas. It's the top recruit that they've gotten according to Rivals rankings in the last two decades since Rivals has started its rankings. So um, his previous relationships have really helped Kansas, especially in that Dallas uh, Metroplex area, to bring those guys in. And then the receivers just love him. I mean, he is a players type coach. Uh, they've had a lot of receivers be very productive that you wouldn't even expect. I mean, uh, you know, you look at down the line. I mean, Andrew Parchment transferred, but you know, he transferred to Florida State. KU obviously had bunches of quarterback problems. The year before, Stephon Robinson was a guy that thrived under Emmett Jones. So he seems to be a really good tactician when it comes to uh, you know, wide receivers, all those sorts of things. Even guys last year, KU got down to the end of the depth chart, and a guy like Luke Grimm, who was a true freshman walk-on who joined KU uh, in the summer. You know, he developed, he was like the second leading receiver. So they're even got guys pop up out of nowhere uh, to do really well. Again, the question mark for him is just, the experience as a head coach, but he is energetic. He's a guy that uh, players gravitate towards. He's a guy that's really helped them in recruiting. So, and a younger guy too. So it's an interesting choice. uh, And, and I think you can read from the statements and, and from what all I'm telling you, there were some players that sort of vouched for him and wanted him to take the job last night, but, um, The thing about it is for him is uh, keeping that group of players together. I think it's just such an important thing. So I think that was the main reason that KU tried to do this is to try to, again, not forfeit all the gains they made in recruiting the last two years and try to have Emmett Jones in there, a guy that the players trust and see if those guys stick with the program and potentially they can develop and get their way out of this hole.
0: All right, Jesse. We started the week with you. We end the week with you. Um, I really appreciate you taking the time and and uh, giving us uh, all types of information about uh, about what's going on at KU. And I'm sure we'll talk again next week as the NCAA tournament arrives. We didn't even talk uh, KU hoops. We'll have to do that next week. So thanks,
1: Jesse. Sounds good. Thanks, Blair.
0: Hey, it's Blair. We have a special subscription offer for SportsBeat KC listeners Your subscription helps support the sports coverage of KansasCity.com and the Kansas City Star, and that support has never been more important. Please visit KansasCity.com slash offer to get this special offer, and as always, thanks for listening. Kansas State was playing its best basketball over the final few weeks of the season. The Wildcats finished with a 9-20 record. Gosh, you remember that loss to Fort Hayes State back in December? But four of those victories came in the final six games, and the season ended with a Big 12 tournament quarterfinal loss by six points to second-ranked Baylor. The Wildcats played them tough. We're going to hear some post-game comments from Bruce Weber. He spoke of the Baylor loss, but also about how well the Wildcats were playing down the stretch of the season. What you won't hear are comments about his job status. There was a suggestion on Twitter from a verified account that Weber would retire after this season. Weber said he was made aware of the comment by his daughter, and he had no idea where it came from. Let's just say he doesn't appear to be considering retirement. And based on the comments from players after the game, the way this season ended created some enthusiasm for next year. So let's hear from Bruce Weber.
2: Obviously, you know, we wanted to win. We, We came here with big dreams and hopes, and... Um, but at the same time, I, I, you know, I told the guys all I cared about was playing with courage and and courage means, you know, because the first two times I, you guys were you guys saw it. Um, they didn't just beat us. They 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 just played with us and, and did whatever they wanted. And, um, you know, we showed them we showed them the scores last night. We showed them, you know, with, you know, we we just played with one of the best teams I think could should be maybe the best team in the country. Uh, we played on a uh, turnaround of what 14, 15 hours, um, with with not a whole lot of prep, uh, with uh, playing a, a hard fought game last night, and uh, gave them everything we had. And you know, it's just uh, I've said it all along. I I didn't want the season to end because I think we're actually playing as as you know high level basketball. We could compete with anybody. We just showed it. Uh, Taylor's really good, uh, but. You know, as I said, I, our guys, they were bought in, they, they executed. Um, we got it inside. Davion. we probably, you know, you always hope we were maybe a little better passing team. We had some foul trouble, um, could have made a little bit of a difference, uh, in the game. Probably I thought, but, um, you know, and then we didn't, when we turned them over, we did not always take advantage of our points off of turnovers. Should have been more. Um, And especially we had, I don't know how many layups we missed. Uh, uh, You know, I just, two or three come to mind right away that, you know, if we get one of those to fall, uh, maybe the game's different. But uh, proud of them. You know, the two freshmen, Davion and Nigel, we said use it as motivation, not getting picked on any of those teams, not getting any recognition. I think they made a nice statement the last two days talk to any coach in the country and i and i talk to a lot of guys this has been hard it's it's been stressful it's been a challenge um it's been hard on everybody and and you know it's the one you no one has had vacation no one's been able to get away from it um you know that you you know it's just your your mental health your well-being uh that that puts even adds more stress to it so um but you know as i said to you guys last night uh to me as a leader it's about the players and and helping them and being there for them and no matter how bad it got or what we had to deal with i had to be there to lead them and help them and and keep them believing and giving them hope and 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 giving them love and and that's that's what we tried to do you know and i i just told them now again i i wish the season wasn't over but uh, now use this as a motivation use this as uh uh you know you just you play against some of the best players in the country. Do you want to be like them? Now you got to put in the time because they, those guys, were good players three years ago, but they weren't like this. And uh, you know, if you want to be like that, it's now it's the hard work. This is the this is your time, the next five months, to get better. And uh, you know, I gave them a dream and vision for next year, where I expect them to be. Hopefully, they want to be there.
0: That'll do it for today and for this busy week in Kansas City sports. Thanks to our Sportsbeat KC production staff of Derek Donovan, Beth Welsh, Monty Davis, Jeff Rosen, Chris Fickett, and Savannah Smith. A tip of the cap to Jesse Newell, who for the second time this week stopped by to talk about what is going on in the world of Kansas athletics. Links to his stories and to the Big 12 tournament. We talked about Kansas State today as well. They can be found in the show notes and on KansasCity.com. Hey, we have another deal for you. For a limited time, you can subscribe to Sports Pass. That is the Kansas City Stars sports section online for 99 cents a month. That's right, 99 pennies a month. After three months, it auto-renews at $5.99 a month, unless you cancel. There are some additional stories that appear online that never appear in print, so this is a great deal. How do you get it? You go to kansascity.com sportspass2020. That's kansascity.com slash sportspass2020. Do you want more than just sports coverage? Check out the entire Kansas City Star product. Sports, news, features, commentary, analysis, the whole thing. You get all the stories written by my talented colleagues, plus additional national news, sports, and business coverage with the E edition. The details for all of these deals can be found at account.kansascity.com slash subscribe. And if you're having any trouble hunting down these offers, you send me an email, bkirkhoff at kcstar.com, and I will get you to the right place. So whether it's the sports pass or the full subscription, you're getting and supporting the best sports and news coverage in Kansas City and helping us produce programs like Sportsbeat KC. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back on Monday. I bet we're going to talk about the NCAA tournament in that episode. Have a good
2: weekend.